the truth and the lies. Quite a few people missing today. We got some new faces, and they say the weather can't have an effect on an indoor event. Well, it's nice and sunshiny outside, and I believe that a lot of people are probably out enjoying God's creation today. I know we've got some that are sick and hurting today. If you would, just please bow with me as we start the service with a word of prayer. Lord God, we come to you this morning. Lord, seeking you and all that you would have for us this morning, Lord. We pray that you would have your guiding hand on this service. Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you would have us receive today. God, I just... Pray that you would put a hunger inside of each and every person here today. Lord, that we would hunger for more of your word. Lord, hunger for a better relationship with you, Lord, and a true change in our lives. God, we know that you have that power. God, we know that your power is here this morning. Lord, I prayed for it, and I know, I know that it's here. Lord, you ask us to come seeking and come looking for you. Lord, we're here this morning. We're seeking you. We're looking for you, God. We look for you to pour change this morning. Lord, we just ask that you be with those people that are not here this morning for whatever reason. Lord, that they could feel your touch wherever they're at. God, if they're sick or hurt, or Lord, if they're just out enjoying your creation today, Lord, we just lift them up in prayer to you. Lord, every individual that did make it out today, Lord, we lift up to you. God, knowing that your reasons are perfect, Lord, that your will is perfect in timing and purpose. Lord, we're just grateful and thankful to be in your house today, Lord, to fellowship with one another. Lord, to reach out to you, Lord, and feel your touch. Lord, we just pray that everything that's been said and done thus far this morning, Lord, has been pleasing to you. Lord, and we pray as we go forward that you would just reach down your hand, Lord, and And touch everyone that is in church this morning and those that couldn't make it. Lord, we just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I didn't know Misty was going to give her testimony this morning, but that it fits in fantastically what I'm going to talk about today. And you talk about it, it's all about the faith. So, to me, you can look at it kind of two different ways. There's two types of faith. And everybody has some type of faith. You can look at an atheist and tell them, hey, you've got faith. And they get, no, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Because if you meet me on the road or a a brand new 16-year-old driver, you got faith that they're going to stay on their side of the road. You got faith that they're not coming over. You know, and you've got general decency and faith that I'm going to get home tonight or I'm going to get home today after church. So everybody has faith to some extent. But then you can ask the question, well, if faith is faith, then why are we different? Well, a person without Christ in their heart has faith faith in things of this world. We were talking about, in Sunday school this morning, about different things, you know, wealth and and things like that. Ecclesiastics talking about Solomon and And he's talking about everything under the sun is futile and void and it doesn't matter. And, you know, your faith in things of this world don't matter. And he was correct in all of his wisdom and all of his riches. He figured out that everything under the sun doesn't mean a whole lot. And he was correct in that. 
What sets us apart is we put faith in a Savior and a hope of what's to come and hope of things not seen. So you can have a conversation with a non-believer and you can talk to them about faith and they can relate on some aspect is they have faith in, in general faith in people around them that they won't harm them or that a driver is going to stay on their side of the road. But what separates us is faith in Jesus Christ. That's what stands us out. That's what sets us up on a hill. That's what makes our salt savory. That's how we're different. I was listening to a couple different preachers this week, and one preacher, what he said stood out to me. He said, faith starts out before you know how it's going to work out. So when you would happen to come across Peter, and you could ask him why he stepped out of that boat, because he had faith in Jesus that he could see, and he walked on the water. Peter's faith in Jesus Christ allowed him to walk on water. That's not the same kind of faith as hoping that somebody you're meeting on the road will stay on their side. That's a whole new level of faith. It's a person being in tune and hearing God's worth and taking action and stepping out of their comfort zone to do something that they may not normally do. So when we talk about faith and how it differs, I can tell you that it's going to confuse some people. When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm going to bounce around a lot today, but if you want to go to Hebrews 11, I'm going to be in Hebrews 11 quite a little bit. But right now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So when you talk about standing on faith and not knowing how it's going to turn out, but you're going to step out in faith, you're going to step out in trusting God because He's talked to you and you know what He wants in your life. So you're going to step out not knowing the end result. When you talk to an unbeliever about that, they're going to be like, man, you're crazy. Peter, you're crazy to step out of that boat onto the water. Who can walk on water? You're crazy. There's a lot of men of faith in the Bible, but they all started out in faith not knowing the end result. If you knew the end result before you stepped out, it wouldn't be faith. So faith starts out before you know how it's going to work out. I've talked to several people. The general consensus is it's hard to step out in faith. Amen? It is hard to step out in faith. Guarantee you ask anybody that has listened to God and allowed Him in and showed them something and He asked of them to step out in faith and they did, you will get a 100% yes answer that it was worth it. 
100% of people will tell you when they followed what God had on their life, it was worth it. We talked a little bit about Paul. Brian made mention that he, <laughs> he didn't like the fact that Paul was always happy and no in any condition, under any circumstance. Paul was in jail. He'd been beaten. And he's still singing praises. And guess what? Through his faith of God, God shook the prison walls. And God allowed them a way out. But he was thankful and he stayed faithful. And he gave praises to God and was never sorry for following God. He was faithful David, King David, God had told him that he was going to be king. Little did he know the path that he would have to take to get to have his kingdom. David went through a lot, but he stayed faithful. I'm going to read next out of Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. David paints a beautiful picture. You can imagine being out in the summer heat and the summer sun and you're lying down in beautiful green pastures with flowers right beside the river. Just soaking in all of God's glory, allowing Him to wash over you and really getting there. And David is faithful. And in verse 4, it takes a little turn. Ye, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David is faithful. God told him that he would have a kingdom. And David stayed faithful. David spent many, many years running from Saul, being attacked, hiding out in caves. But he saw the end picture. He knew what God wanted of him, and he wasn't willing to give that up. He put stock in what God had told him. He stayed faithful to God for the most part until the end, then he kind of fell away. But through these hard times, and you can read it all through the books of Psalms, it's like a roller coaster. David is good, and then he's bad, and he's good, and he's bad, and he's good, and he's bad. But through it all, he never ceased to talk to God. He always desired a relationship with God. His faith was strong. You hear me talk a lot about faith, and it says, why is faith so important? We're going to flip over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Talking about God. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is 
that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why is faith so important? One, it's the beginning of your salvation. You cannot have salvation without faith. It says it in Romans chapter 10. You have to believe that Jesus Christ came and was the Son of God. You have to believe that He died on a cross and shed His blood for your sins. You have to believe that on the third day that He was resurrected and sits on the right hand of God today. All these things we don't get to see, but these things we can have faith in because the Lord's Word tells us that they are true. That's where your faith comes in. You have to have faith for salvation. And he says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. It's so hard to step out in faith. I get it. It is hard to step out in faith. But if we don't step out in faith, it is impossible to please God. I heard a pastor say one time, The faith does not demand miracles. Faith produces miracles. Faith does not demand it, it creates it. We can read it all through Scripture and the things that Jesus done. And all through Scripture it says, by faith we are saved. By faith we are justified. By faith we are healed. By faith we are made righteous. Why is faith important? It's demanded of us if we want to have a part in an everlasting kingdom of God. I'm going to talk about some gentlemen we might know in chapter 11. I'm going to start in verse 1, and then I'll kind of hit the highlights as we go through it. Chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. He's saying that God created the worlds, and it's framed by the word of God, and we have to believe that he made them. And if we don't believe that, there's no hope for us. To put it brutally honest, if you don't have faith, if you can't have faith, then there is no hope for you. Because faith comes through salvation. Or your salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. But I'm going to read in verse, in verse 6, or in verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith Noah, being warned of God's things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. 
Through faith, Sarah received some strength to conceive seed and was delivered of child when she was past age. By faith, Abraham, when he tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promise offered up his only begotten son. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Isaiah. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Through faith he kept Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them and believed not. In verse 32, And what shall I say more? For the time would fall would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, of Samson, Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith, this is what you can do, through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiantly in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received the dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. That is a whole lot of faith in that chapter. Amen? I wish I had an ounce of faith that these people mentioned in this chapter 11 of Hebrews had. By faith, three years ago, I stepped out and accepted the responsibility to start preaching. It has been nonstop rewarding ever since. At the first of the year, I stepped out in faith and accepted the role as pastor here at Fort First Baptist Church. I poor you. If God is calling you to something, don't sit around and let it go by the wayside. Step out in faith, relying on His strength that you will succeed in whatever He has for you. Have you ever questioned faith? Have I ever questioned what God is calling me to do? I absolutely have. So did these men. It is okay to question, but the difference maker is where you question to. Who do you seek for answers? I had trouble boiling up here not too long ago. And Misty said, you know, you've got some really knowledgeable people in your life about the Bible. You could call this person, this person, this person. I was like, I absolutely could. God has blessed me with some amazing people in my life with a lot of biblical knowledge. A lot of them have been ministers for years and years and years. 
a great wealth of knowledge. But I told her, I don't want to call them. I don't want to know what they have to say. I want to know what God has to say. We give up too early seeking the kingdom of God. We want to reach out for worldly answers. We want our best friend to give us the answers. We want to reach out to our mom and dad because they've been around longer. And we want to seek their knowledge. Those are all good things, but you're missing out on one of the best things, one of the great things. And that is the anointed Word of God. When we're talking about seeking God first, we truly, in everyday life, must seek God first. There's a lot of painful situations and things that happen. People will come at you when you're a believer of Christ. They will try to put water on your spark. They will try to tell you that you're not good enough. They will try to beat you down to make you feel like they feel. Our faith is different than theirs. I don't put faith in the person I'm meeting on the road. I put my faith in God that He will take care of me. And I put my faith that He will deliver me from whatever situation I get into. There's three important men that I want you to always remember. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to be put in the fire. The amazing amount of faith that they said to the king was my God has the power to deliver me from your furnace. But guess what? Even if He doesn't, I still trust in His almighty power. He will still be my King. Because my everlasting life has more power than this world will ever have. And I'm willing to sacrifice everything that I have on earth to obtain glory. That is through Christ Jesus. It can't be done without faith. These people that we've talked about today was faithful. They didn't find strength in themselves. They didn't look for it in themselves. They didn't look for it in a confided friend. I'm not saying that friends are bad when you need help, but I'm saying if you want a divine intervention, if you want change in your life, if you need power, if you need forgiveness, they can't give you those things. There is one source that can give you the things that you need to obtain eternity. Moses looked about killing an Egyptian. He looked about it. He thought, man, I'm going to look over here, and I'm going to look over here, check over my shoulder. Nobody's around. I'm good to go. Killed the guy. But guess what? Guess where he didn't look? He looked everywhere. But he didn't look up. God was watching him. God was there with him. That's what we have to remember. David, in all of his despair, and even in the wrong choices that he made, he kept turning back to God. Where do you turn in times of trouble? Do you reach out for friends' help? That's a great thing. Do you reach out for parents' knowledge? That's a great thing. 
But do you reach out for the true helping, healing Word of God that is the best thing? We can't settle for the good things in life when there are great things to be had. Pastor, I've got a good life. Things are going pretty good for me. That's awesome. Praise God for that. That is so good. There's just this one thing. He is, he's been asking me, and I can feel it in my heart. He's, he's, kind of, he's kind of wanting me to go this direction, but I, I just don't know if I'm there yet. If God is calling you to something, you are there. If God is calling you somewhere, you are there. He is ready to use you. Therefore, you have all the equipment. You have all the words. You have everything that you're going to need for that path. And guess what? It's going to be the best path for your life. Not only for your life. It's going to affect your husband, your wife, your sister, your mother. Your friends, it's going to affect everything that is in your life. When you start doing the true will of God, the first step is the hardest. Stepping out in faith. I didn't know I was going to be here when I stepped out in faith for the first time. It's been 20 years ago. I didn't know I was going to stand behind a pulpit. But Annette, when I got my life together, when I pulled it together, and I answered the call of God, guess what happened in my family? My mom and dad got back into church. My brother and me started talking about the Lord. My family started getting along most of the time. I'm not going to say all the time because that's, let's just face it. I mean, through, all, through God, all things are possible. I mean, I get it. They said that about losing weight and eating cake. Yeah. First of all, let me state, through, all, through God, all things are possible. But once you get your life in line, once you get your relationship with God in line, you start bearing fruit. That fruit is not only enjoyed by you, but can be enjoyed by everybody around you. I often said one time, when I first felt the call that God was bringing me in to use me, I don't want it to be a firecracker scene, God. I don't want to be real hot and then a big boom and a flash and it's done. God, I want endurance. God, help me keep the hunger. I want to keep the drive. I want to have a passion for you. I want to have a passion for your children. I want to have a passion for the lost. I want to anguish over people, God. Use me in a way that I would be beneficial to your kingdom. Through faith, I stepped out into a world unknown. Wow, what a world it is. It's been a blessing. I'm not saying that there ain't been rough times because there has been. But through faith, I'm standing here today. God has delivered me out of everything that He's ever put me in. 
Satan tries to drag you down. Satan will use people in your life to set up smoke screens, to give distractions, to get you off the right path. That's why we can't rely on people. Your faith has to be in God. God will send you people. When I first felt the call to preach, I'm just going to tell you this story as a side note because it's funny. I was really, really having a hard time. Like, there's no way he's calling me. First of all, was my first thought. Like, man, I've never even read the Bible all the way through. There's no way he's calling me to start preaching. The second confirmation come through. And the more that I discussed it with people, and the more I prayed about it, and I prayed about it hard, the more people he sent me to show confirmation. And I was talking to a minister who's been in the ministry for 25 years, and he goes, what is your holdup? Like, what? Like, what is your setback, you know? And he's like, Does God just need to send an angel down, you know, and flap his wings in your face? Is that what you're needing? And I said, man, I don't know. You make me sound ridiculous when you talk about it like that. And he goes, ah. It was then I walked out of the back doors at Walmart, and guess what song was playing on the radio? Son of a preacher man. Swear. <laughs> so I stopped and I turned around. I went back in. I was like, you're never going to guess what song is on the radio. He's like, I don't know, son of a preacher man. I'm like, what? And he goes, so sometimes, as thick-headed as I am, he will still get to you if he wants to use you. But we have to be willing to meet Him. God will pull you. God will call you. But you've got to be willing to step out of the boat. Sure, there's safety in the boat. Sure, there is. Sure, it feels all nice and comfortable there. But we should have a burning longing for God within us that you can't put out. I pray for God to always keep me hungry. Always keep me wanting more of Him. Not this earthly stuff. I don't care. But I want more of Him. God, I want to seek Your truths. I want to seek Your knowledge. God, I want Your love. I need Your mercy, God. Help me be more like You. Help me take that first step. God, hold my hand. I can't do it by myself. I don't have enough strength. He broke me down at 1 o'clock in the morning one time watching a movie. Made me realize that I'm not a strong enough man to raise my kids of my own. I mean, it broke me down. I was bawling like a baby. And I went and I prayed over my kids. And I said, God, I'm not man enough. I can't do this on my own. The whole world is going to come after us. I understand that, God. I need your protection. God, I need your strength. These kids are not going to make it under my wing, God. They need your wing to hide under. You're the refuge. You're the shelter that they're going to need. God, I'm not always going to be here. And even if I was, I'm not strong enough. Step out in faith. Stop looking at your own strength to do things. 
You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not fast enough. And you will never, ever get mercy on your own. You need His. And there is only one way that you're going to receive mercy, and that's by faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't know where your salvation lies today, I'm going to open up the altars. Faith is so, so important in everyday life. Your faith is so important in everything that you do. There are people that you don't even know that hinge on your faith. You may meet somebody this afternoon that needs to see your faith. They may need to see your strength through God. You may not ever even see them, but they see you. Think if the men in chapter 11 of Hebrews never had faith. You can do away with the whole Old Testament. They set an example. Christ set an example. Did Christ question? I just want to talk to you about the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, Lord, if there's a way that this cup can pass for me, let it be. But if not, God... I choose your way over my own. Faith today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you've been waiting and you've been holding for that right moment, now is the right moment. Let God call you up here. Let God hold your hand the whole way. Let God help you to your knees and let God change you while you're down there. Amen. We came here for change, people. You didn't come here to hear me talk. You came here to experience God. You came here to get change. You came here to seek His face. Because if you're seeking my face, you're in a bad way. But faith, take that step. It gets stronger. The more you say yes, the easier it is to say yes. Take a step of faith today. Allow Jesus Christ in. Allow God to talk to you today. I'm going to stop talking so we can have a moment with God. The altars are open.